0: This time last week, I was finishing my annual silent retreat in uh, Sedalia, Colorado, which is just on the verge of the um, Rocky Mountains. So this time round, uh, they gave me the Hermitage, which is a small log cabin set out on its own, nobody around, and completely isolated from the retreat center. where where everybody else is gathered. I'm not too sure why they gave me the hermitage. I was a bit scared when they said that's where you're staying because at night time it is like completely dark all around and it's not that big. It's a small room with a fireplace, then a small bedroom and a bathroom. And that's it. So I had six days of complete silence not really engaging with people only occasionally when I went up to the retreat center to see my director, but you're completely on my own. No TV, no internet, um, nothing, only myself and silence and sometimes with the Gospels, with Scripture. So the reason I tell you that is because um, it gives you time to reflect very profoundly, and it also gives you time to allow the Lord to engage with you in a very personal way. And I will come to that later in my homily because I want to begin by saying that every time I read that story in today's Gospel, it reminds me of a market called Mile 12 in Lagos, Nigeria. 12 miles from the center of Lagos is this northern suburb called Mile 12 Market. You have never seen chaos in your life as you would see there. There is like it seems like there are millions of people and everybody has these little stalls and people are buying and selling. It is chaos, it's confusion, it's where people buy and sell and haggle and where all the produce from all over the country comes into the city of a mega huge city of millions and millions of people. So whenever you have gatherings like that and people all around, then you will always get a kind of colony of beggars who exist there. And there's one person in particular I remember, I don't know his name, but I drove by him many, many times as the road down to our church led right by. He was by the road all of the time. He was blind, and he lay on the side of the road with like a blanket around him, probably to protect him from the mosquito bites, to keep the filth and dirt off him. It was filthy. He was filthy all of the time. I don't know what he did in the evening time. I don't know where he slept, but he would lie there and sit there on the side of the road, and people would throw coins as he passed as he he cried out for for help. So it, it is something that reminds me of what is happening in the Gospel. And why it reminds me of that is because Jericho was the last stop on people's pilgrimage up to Jerusalem. So this is the last gathering place where people would gather before they went the last 15 miles uphill on their journey to Jerusalem. So it's a place of pilgrimage. It is a place where people rested before they went forward. And once again, it was a place where there would have been a whole colony of beggars who would be sitting around begging for alms for the pilgrims. It is the last stop that Jesus made before he journeyed to Jerusalem, which is a very important line in Scripture. It is the last stop Jesus journeyed and this is the last miracle he performs before he goes there. This blind man, Bartimaeus, obviously people with kind of not able to see, his other senses would have been heightened, especially that of hearing. So he would have heard what people were saying about Jesus this Jesus of Nazareth, people were, there was a crowd gathered around Jesus, so they would have been able to hear, he would have been able to hear what they were saying about Jesus. And what he was hearing about Jesus was appealing to him. That is why when he heard that Jesus was passing, there was something about Jesus that attracted him. And that is why he called out, Son of David, have pity on me even though the people told him to be quiet, he cried out all the louder, have, Son of David, have pity on me. So then when he was called by Jesus, he says, what, what, what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? And he says, I want to see. Now that's something that's very profound um, because it is symbolic of he wanted to see spiritually. Obviously he wanted to see physically as well, but at a deeper level he wanted to see spiritually. He wanted to to be able to notice, to understand, and to integrate the truth that he had heard about Jesus into his own life. He wanted to see God as Jesus saw him. He wanted to see himself as Jesus saw him, and he wanted to see other people As Jesus saw them as well. It is very like the call of the disciples in John's Gospel, when somebody said to them, uh, Jesus turned and saw two of his disciples following. He says, what do you want? He said, Master, where do you stay? And he said to them, come and see. So there's a very similar uh, invitation that Jesus gives to this blind man, come and see come and see what I want to show you about God as I journey up to Jerusalem. And it is at Jerusalem that Jesus would reveal something radically new about God that people had not comprehended before. So there's a beautiful line that I would like you to remember. Um, and I'm surprised I remembered it as well because I read it several years ago. But as I was praying over this passage, this line came back to me. And it is a line that can apply to God, but it is a line that can apply to every human relationship as well. It is love proves itself in fidelity, but comes to completion in forgiveness. I'll just repeat it love proves itself in fidelity but comes to completion in forgiveness. Jesus had revealed a God who is faithful to his people. That is why when he lived among us, he went out to the most vulnerable, the last, the least, the lowly, the unclean. He went into Samaritan territory. He went around and he showed God's faithful love to all. But on his journey up to Jerusalem, he was going to bring this love to completion in forgiveness. And that is why he died on the cross. That's why he went through the suffering, death, and resurrection to reveal, as Pope Francis puts it beautiful, that the heart of God is forgiveness. The heart of God is mercy. So when Jesus asked him to come, called the blind man to come, he threw away that cloak. He threw away the filth that was preventing him from living a life of peace, a life of grace, a life of joy. And he said, call him here. And that is why when Jesus died on the cross, he wanted us to know above all things, that the God we worship is a God who forgives, a God who sets us free from any mistakes or faults or failings that we have ever made. Bartimaeus followed him along the way. But when Jesus died on the cross, Bartimaeus, like the rest of the disciples, ran away, even though he had regained his sight, because he didn't get the message that Jesus wanted to give him, which was the profound message of forgiveness. But that is not the end of the story. Jesus, when they went fishing, Jesus stood on the side of the lake and was cooking breakfast. And when they came up shore, they said they knew it was Jesus, but they were afraid to ask. And what does Jesus do? He takes bread and fish and he gives it to them. That beautiful act of making real God's forgiveness in their lives. There was no, you betrayed me. I'm gonna punish you, I'm gonna curse you, I'm gonna do this. No. There is just that pure giving of forgiveness to his disciples. And that is the, the heart of the gospel today, is is that of forgiveness. That is the heart of the Eucharist when we receive the body and blood of Christ is forgiveness. And that is what will set us free from that cloth of filth that enslaves us at times. And when I talk about the cloth of filth, I'm talking about the cloth of regret, the the thought of being dragged back to your faults and failings that you have made in the past, the fault of hurt and revenge, and maybe sometimes even hatred, that either we have done to somebody or somebody has done to us. And it is what Jesus wants to set us free from by revealing to us that at this very moment there is a beautiful and gentle power of forgiveness that is available to us through Jesus Christ. And the discipleship he invites us into is a discipleship to journey into that forgiveness in our own lives as well and to open ourselves and make ourselves available to it because he wants us to have peace in our lives. So if you are holding on to revenge, if you are holding on to resentment or hatred or hurt, because of something that happened to you or something that you caused to somebody else. That is a sign that you're not getting the message that Jesus wants to communicate to you. It is a sign that you're, you're holding on to that cloth and Jesus is calling to you. Bring him here. Bring that person to me. Come to me. Come and see where I live because it is where I want you to live as well. Jesus lived in the heart of God, which is a heart of forgiveness and mercy. And Jesus wants each one of us, as his faithful disciples, to live there as well.